I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the United Mates Football Podcast. My name is Joe and as always I'm joined by my co-host all the way from LA, Kaitel. We're also joined by a guest and today's guest actually um, went to the same university that I did, Exeter University, and at the same time too. So a big welcome to the podcast to Abby Patterson. Abby is a radio and podcast producer for Muddy Knees Media, which is now part of The Athletic. And she's currently working on the likes of the Totally Football League show, Beyond the Headline, and the Football Manager show, a game Kai and I love a lot, um, and not to mention other non-football ventures too. Her work has also been recognised by her industry peers. Last year, she won a Silver and Bronze Awards at the highly prestigious Audio Production Awards. So, Abby, thanks for joining us. How are you? Gosh, that's, uh, you've done your research. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, currently working on a Rangers documentary, which is, um, yeah, just an absolute mind headspace situation trying to get that accurate trying to get it you know yeah trying not to displease too many people which is a difficult or easy thing to do I should say in Scottish football Um, but yeah no it'll be good when it comes out (laughs) well yeah good to have you on the podcast with us Abby and I suppose speaking of um, supporters groups I guess yeah Rangers are people that you definitely wouldn't want to upset but we typically try to do an icebreaker every time we have, oh, yeah. have a guest so for today's icebreaker we're going to kind of stick on that supporters groups theme and I noticed on your Twitter recently that you either retweeted or commented on Ipswich Town being one of the first uh, to partner with the World Wildlife is it fund or foundation I'm going to get that wrong I remember back in the day there was the issue with WWF the wrestling and them but anyway so between the two of those I've got <laughs> right now but essentially it's, what they it's did, fighting giant pandas exactly exactly in a steel cage nonetheless so for the uh, Ipswich Town dealio, they kind of took the horse, the famous horse, off of their off of their crest, and other clubs followed suit in kind of this homage to what life would be like without these these wonderful animals. I remember as a kid, I think Ipswich Town was the first ever Arsenal game I went to, and obviously you're an Arsenal fan as well. So something that I stuck am. out to me on that day was their mascot, the horse. I mean, it was yes. a guy. It wasn't a real horse. It was just a guy in a horse costume. But today's icebreaker is what... <laughs> hey, thank you for clarifying that yeah, one. <laughs> you, know, you know, well, actually, over here in the States, a couple of the college teams do use actual animals, which is a bit bizarre. And I think even our rivals, I'm a, I'm a, tr- a Bruin at UCLA, but the Trojans, they do use an actual horse. But anyway, before I just continue to waffle and waffle, the question is, what are our favorite mascots? I'll start first to give you guys a bit more time to kind of think about your answers. But Again, out here in the States, the Portland Timbers, the MLS team, have a lumberjack as one of their mascots. And I believe it's even changed over time. It used to be Timber Jim. Apparently, it's Timber Joey. And they just have a felled tree pitch side that Timber Joey will take his chainsaw to every time the Timbers score, which is something you would definitely only see. Every time they score. I knew they did it. I thought it was like some sort of halftime entertainment. But yeah, I love it. 
on that note, uh, Abby, you can go first. Do you have a favorite sporting mascot? I mean, I'm going, I'm going to go, there are two ones actually that spring to mind. The obvious one uh, from English football perspective is Boiler Man. Um, the fact that West Brom have a man dressed in a, an ideal boiler uh, suit as their mascot is just baffling. Maybe they should like take a leaf out of the um, Portland Timbers and like, I don't know, do a boiler check at half time. That would be fascinating. Um, as fascinating, or maybe whilst we're waiting for a VAR decision, you know, something like that. They just make um, sure no carbon monoxide present or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're meant to do in a boiler check. I should probably do one. Uh, yeah, and then the other one is um, Partick Thistles, I believe, and Kingsley. Um, if you want, like, if you don't know what I'm, that doesn't spring to mind what it is, then do Google it because it's like they've, taken a child's drawing and unlike Arsenal with the Gunnosaurus where they've actually made it look like a dinosaur um Partick Thistle just took like this slightly ugh, angry um spaced out sunshine I think it's trying to be, trying to be and um kept it exactly how the child wanted it to be as though he, like this child was holding some sort of ransom over them um it's it's pure mascot goodness it sounds like a sort of like off-brand version of the the son slash baby from teletubbies or something like that but joe it's teletubbies after hours <laughs> yeah up in scotland as well joe um who would your favorite sporting mascot be <laughs> well i feel like i have to mention chirpy from tottenham he's um he's, he's a great mascot um you know and there's actually um, uh... this is chirpy as well but there, there's a couple now um back when we that will you know they walk around the pitch together so yeah they're the biggest mascot power couple going i think but then um yeah i i, I think that the boy the man at west brom is hilarious so i think we've spoken a bit about mascots now but time for a few personal questions for abby um, about everything that she's getting up to these days but let's actually let's go back to what um you used to be doing a few years ago and then abby obviously we were both part of um expression fm which was the student radio station at Exeter university um so what i was interested to know was was it expression fm that inspired you to take the path that sort of led you to the career you find yourself on now or was this an ambition you sort of had before even being involved in student radio yeah way before um student radio it's kind of i loved listening to the radio growing up going to school um listening to radio one and uh, really enjoyed it and then um uh, you get your work experience days that school make you go on and so um went to garrison fm for a few days uh really enjoyed it and uh, from there kind of joined the hospital radio and yeah got to you know present a few shows go out and you know try and uh, get the uh, the patients who are all a bit deaf and old anyway uh, to get get some song requests from them um and yeah and then uh, expression fm was always something i was going to join once yeah once i'd landed at next to university um everything i did at uni was geared towards getting into into the radio industry um to the extent or, or at least getting into the media industry um I studied history because, you know, I need a good fallback option <laughs> if, all, if it didn't work out. Um, did, yeah, did my dissertation was very cheerily on uh, the media representation of the Biafran famine during the Nigerian Civil War, 1967 to 70, uh, because I thought if I could at least do that, then I can convince people that I can be a journalist or I can do something 
like that, like the history degree actually has some relevance to society today. And actually it did work out because after leaving uni, uh, when, um, I got myself um, work experience at the BBC with the World Service. And so I spent two, three weeks, gosh, I don't know, uh, there um, being, a, being a journalist, working night shifts um, and doing all of that with, uh, yeah, with their flagship programme on the World Service. So yeah, that was very much, yeah, student radio was always geared towards getting me to, to where I am today, for sure. Well, speaking of today, bringing things forward to the work that you do for Muddy Knees, and obviously more recently it's been acquired by The Athletic. So I kind of wanted to ask about that experience in terms of the new opportunities perhaps that that's afforded you and the transition. How's that been for you and the rest of the team? Yeah, for me, it literally did not change what I was doing. <laughs> I was still making pretty much the same podcasts. I was doing everything as I was uh, before. Um, and so, yeah, I was probably the least affected, least affected by uh, everyone at Muddy Knees um, in, that, in that acquisition. Um, you know, what are we, six months on since then, um, I am doing some different uh, things like beyond the headline which mentioned at the top of the show um that wouldn't be necessarily something that we would have done uh, had muddy knees remained as it was so that's so that's really fun just to be able to do like some narrative uh, style document like documentary podcasts rather than just uh, you kind of week in week out what's happened on the pitch off the pitch in the efl or whatever like that so that's certainly afforded me some different opportunities um and also i mean in the most simple terms it means that we get access to um the athletics journalists and there's a lot of them and they all know their stuff inside out so yeah that's 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 really cool that we, uh, i get to do that now one more question on some of your production work and yeah question about kind of the variety of content that you produce between football stuff and non-football stuff for instance uh, you're dead to me would be one of those non-football endeavors um, but beyond sign of the kind of the focus of the content itself, is there perhaps a different tone or a different, maybe moral code isn't the right word, or just kind of a filter that goes along with producing a football show versus a different show where you've got two, two essentially kind of different demographic, different things fly? Yeah, so the Football League show that I do, it's very much, you know, keep it try and keep it as factual as possible but I'm really interested in making sure that it's an entertaining pro program along the way but you know the facts have to come first and from there you kind of draw out what's the entertaining um thing that we can do so like on Monday's show at the end we played Warnock or uh, McCarthy who said it because Mick McCarthy had his thousandth game in charge as a football manager so you know it's a factual line you tie it in make it hilarious um <laughs> put some uh, he wants to be a millionaire tension music underneath it and uh it's a uh, it's a nice way to end a show um for uh, but obviously yeah I do homeschool history uh, which is aimed at children and so um <laughs> um on Sunday afternoon uh whilst everyone was watching um the Manchester derby um I was sat in front of my computer listening to fart noises no joke um i have a lot of fart noises now in my downloads folder and just a lot of other weird ones so for that one i'm not really involved in like the creative process in the written way but um yeah very much in putting in random sound effects and and also it's about knowing what kids do and don't know so there's a, like a couple of scripts had a song in and i was wasn't convinced that it would mean anything to the kids but um, but yeah, and then, uh, you know, I've learned things about like, I don't know, do you guys know the YouTube video pineapple pen? 
like I learned that during during this thing so and it got stuck in my head for a full week it was very annoying um (laughs) but yeah it's just silliness and that's actually really fun to do it does sound like a lot of fun and actually I don't think you could really have set me up better for this this next bit (laughs) you mentioned um the game the with Mick McCarthy quotes and I actually have a bit of a game for uh for you and Joe (laughs) you're not gonna I was saying you're about to fart or something oh no I was gonna say I was worried we were going (laughs) Yeah, just why don't you pull my finger virtually through this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but no, essentially, I, I don't know if I'm going to risk copyright with kind of the um, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music underneath. But um, but otherwise, Abby, actually, I'll let you kind of kick off this section. You don't know it yet, but uh, you're going to be the one to do that. I'll, Joe's mentioned um, a story or an anecdote about time you spent at TalkSport and a conversation, a brief one that you ended up having with Jose Mourinho, uh-huh. which is where this game is actually going to kind of take its origin so if you wouldn't mind in your own words briefly kind of describing that encounter for us yeah um I had asked my assistant producer to book our Manchester correspondent to talk about what Josie had said in uh the in the in the press conference um but he told the wrong time uh and told him an hour earlier which was when the press conference was happening um and so I was frantically trying to call um the reporter I need him on air I've got you know I'm gonna have to fill otherwise um and then I was like right well his phone's not going through so I'll give him a whatsapp call and uh the whatsapp call it turns out breaks through the mode like um the airplane mode on your phone and it was the one good day that Jose Mourinho had as Manchester United boss. Any other time, any other press conference, I would probably be paying for a new phone for, for the reporter. But this was the one time that Jose Mourinho was in a good mood uh, and he picked up the phone. And I was like producing the show was live. I was doing like this is what talks about. You do like 300 jobs at once. So I was producing the show, um, trying to call Don, trying to get him on air. And so I just went, hi, Don, um, can you come on the show right now? And um just at the end I could just hear this hello hello and I just was like well he can't okay well he can't hear me um anyway um my boss I've sort of hung up on the phone and I was like well I'll just have to carry on Don's not there um and then my boss then came into the studio and was like you know you just spoke to Jose Mourinho right I was like ah <laughs> and uh and actually uh, everyone saw the funny side of things um and uh, I now have uh, just behind my computer here uh <laughs> my uh it was in the sun the next day and they've made a little pun saying abby days um and so that's now there for me to look at and remind me of you know that one fleeting moment of fame i had that was a a lovely story i'm kind of jealous i uh although i think yeah it might be better not to know who you're speaking to on the other end of the line if it is Mourinho, it could be quite an intimidating situation otherwise on the note of like speaking to Mourinho, or i suppose more so maybe Mourinho speaking to other people i've got this game and Mm -hmm. i i feel like i want to call it a mo or no or yes or mo one of those two i've got quotes from various managers and between joe and abby they're going to be letting me know if they think the quotes from a random manager or jose Mourinho. if they get the fact that it's the other one if they can actually guess specifically who said it we'll get some extra points but i want to kick it off with abby i think and then i'll sort of rotate between the two of you to start each time so the first quote is Young players are like melons. Only when you open and taste the melon are you 100% sure that the melon is good. So, Abby, do you think that that was a Mourinho quote or another manager who said that about melons? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm, like, if it's not Mourinho, I'm trying to think who would, who would say that. Is it like a pep 
kind of thing to say. I don't think Mourinho did say it, so I'm going to say Mourinho. Okay. Um, and yeah, young players are like melons. <laughs> what I'll do is uh, yeah. once we determine if it was or wasn't, once we've um, figured uh, that out, the bonus points will be up for grabs and you can kind of have a stab in the dark at, at who it might have been. So I'll pass it off to Joe before we get the guesses going. Uh, was this Mo or no? I think it's no. Okay. Well, we're not even going to have to bother with the uh, guesses later because it was Mourinho. So no oh. points for either of you. Who would have thought Mourinho was so passionate or knowledgeable about melons, but apparently he is. Moving on to the oh. second one. Okay. I couldn't be more chuffed if I were a badger at the start of mating season. Uh, Joe, you can go first. Was that Mo or no? Oh, I think I might know who said that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can. Ha I have an idea who might have said it. So okay. I'm, I'm so going to go with no, and then we'll, we'll see. All right, Abby? There's no chance Mourinho's talking about badgers. Definitely melons, but not badgers. No, you're no. both right. You're both right. I guess um, you got three, two, one, and then you can both say it. And if, if one of you gets it right. So three, two, one, who do you think it Ian is? Ian Holloway. McCarthy. It was Ian Holloway. Ah, oh, of course. So I'll get, Joe course. gets, um, I guess, two points. Abby's got one point. So yeah, it felt, on it felt very Ian Holloway-esque, that. <laughs> it was a very Ollie quote. All right. Ugh. Should've question been. or quote number three this one goes to abby first for me the real age is not the age on your id that's just a date when you were born was that mo or no for me the real age is not the age when you were born oh. <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a mind bender this one i don't even know what they're trying to say <laughs> oh gosh uh Mourinho. would Mourinho have said that for me, the real age is not the age on the ID. It's a number. Mm, yeah, why not? Okay, so Mo, Joe? Joe's A. Uh, Joe's A. I'm going to, I'll go no, just so you know, there's a bit of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine him saying it, but he does say weird stuff. So mm. Apparently he said it, so Abby's evened it up at two. Hey. Um, Joe, next one. It's like, Having a blanket that is too small for the bed, you pull the blanket up to keep your chest warm and your feet stick out. I cannot buy a bigger blanket because the supermarket is closed, but the blanket is made of cashmere. Mo or no? Uh, I'm going to say Mo. All right, Abby? Uh, again, in the interest of being interesting, I'm going to say no. Well, it is Mo who oh. had the opinions on the, the... I'm not even sure, to be honest with you, what he was kind of that analogy was about presumably not having good enough players or not having enough players uh, but mm. um that's what three two to joe moving on this one's gonna go to abby first i tried to watch the tottenham match on television in my hotel yesterday but i fell asleep was that <laughs> or no that's everybody that's ever watched a tottenham match <laughs> in a hotel um that's <laughs> but i fell asleep uh yeah no got it it's gotta be well i think you've put that in there as like a curveball because you know, he's the current Spurs manager, so definitely Mo. Yeah, that wouldn't have aged well, I guess. Joe? No, I don't think he said that. No, he didn't. Luckily for him, he did not. But Joe <laughs> and Abby, do you have any idea who might have said it on three? One, two, three. Jamie O'Hara? Chris Wilder. It was Arsene Wenger, apparently. But uh, moving on. I wonder what the context of that was. <laughs> the context was, yeah, I mean, watching Spurs and finding it boring. Um, yeah, moving on to the next one. The uh, look, I'm a coach. I'm not Harry Potter. He is magical. But in reality, there is no magic. Magic is fiction. 
and football is real. Joe, Mo or no? Yeah, he seems to go on a bit, Mourinho. So yeah, why not? He said it. All right. Abby? Oh, you're saying all these quotes and I'm like, oh, I do recognise that. And then, and then can I pinpoint who said it? Look, not Harry Potter. I don't know. Um, no, just, no, I don't. I mean, he probably does know who Harry Potter is, but I'm just not sensing that he's a Harry Potter kind of guy. So yeah, no. Whether or not he likes the books, he did say that. So yeah. presumably, I guess he, he is a bit of a, a fan. Definitely a Slytherin. Um, uh, all right, Joe, I think is pulling ahead. Abby, we'll start with you. Uh, some people might be frustrated with that result. Some people can F off. <laughs> um, that is Mourinho. Okay, not Mourinho, Joe. Yeah, I'm going no as well. I think I might know who it is. I, but... I, I, I right, do know on, who this on one is. Then. One, two, three. Who was it? McCarthy. Yeah, Abby got in there first. That's the extra point. Oh, I think considering... my, my research on Monday has finally paid off. <laughs> yeah, in full, full circle. But we've got, we've got the last one here. So uh, I think if I've been keeping track, Joe might be one point ahead. So it's going to be a question of equalizing or game over. So it's the 97th minute and I'm on the, the edge goal, of the, the box. Come up for the corner, guys. Yeah. So here we go. And I'm going to give it to, uh, I think, what did I say? Joe will go first this time. So when an yeah. Italian tells me it's pasta on the plate, I check under the sauce to make sure they are the inventors of the smoke screen. <laughs> yeah. Mo or no? <laughs> I'll go with Mo. Okay. And Abby? Well, I have, I have to say no here, just to you know, because if he's if he's if he's right, then you know whatever, and if he's wrong, then I've you know I've got to got to have a different answer here. Well, Joe was wrong, so it's tied up, and obviously, as it wasn't Mourinho, if either one of you can guess who it was, you're going to win this thing. So, again, I know the quote. I've heard the quote. Do I know who said the quote? We'll find out. One, two, three. Roberto Mancini. Pep Guardiola. Ooh. You've gone for two former citizens managers, <laughs> and it's actually a former Red Devils manager, the most famous manager probably in the history of the game, Sir Alex, who oh. apparently decided that he would throw a spanner in Scottish-Italian relations by accusing the Italians of inventing the smokescreen. Um, but I think that was a tied game, so we kind of like a tied game. Don't have to let anyone down, so well done, both of you. That was more no. <laughs> <laughs> Good game, good game. Moving on from, from that game to a bit of Arsenal chat, which is Joe's favourite topic, of course. Um, but no, Abby, you're a fellow gooner. Arsenal these days have kind of gone through a bit of a turbulent period with Arteta. Seemingly, things are maybe moving in the right direction. I don't know, maybe you can tell me. But otherwise, more specifically, looking back, we've had such a plethora of fantastic players to, to choose from over the years. At the minute, not so much, maybe. So... If no, Emmanuel Abue uh, was a great player. <laughs> You've answered and, uh... my question, I guess. Yeah. No, but um, if you were to be able to take a gooner from from past teams and slot them into this current side, who would it be, and why? You can either, I guess, take whatever approach you'd like. But I'm thinking mostly from a kind of what this team needs, as opposed yeah. to a just like let's get Thierry Henry. Yeah, I saw this on um, Twitter the other day. It said you can take Henri Perez Vieira. Um, possibly in Lundberg, I can't remember who the fourth one, probably Adams or something like that, um, and put them in the team now. Who would you choose and why? And it's it's got to be 
we're, we're missing the attacking link between the the, def, the the defense and moving forward we can kind of you know we've got that playing it out from the back thing and then there's just that missing piece to to bring it to bring it forward and um, that was the theme of the entirety of the summer was do you go for um i think it's pronounced Ua, or do you go for party do you sort of shore up the defense or do you create get an attacking flair uh player um and therefore with that in mind I do think that Vieira is the option. I think you need that kind of player that can just control the midfield. That is a clear, uh, you know, is a clear leader that can that players will be comfortable turning to because they're not sure that uh, Obama Young is kind of performing that role very well. He's certainly not doing what he's meant to do and scoring goals, scoring twenty uh, this a season plus at the moment. Um, and so kind of take the weight of his shoulder of being a captain, give it back to, you know, 2004 Vieira. And um, that might start uh, the rebuild and get us back into top six, top four, and maybe eventually champions. But yeah, it's got, it's got to be the midfield that is the weakest link in Arsenal. That's a good shout. I guess maybe we'll bring Joe in on this as, a, as an outsider, if, if not, definitely not a neutral, if anything... Uh a rival, what do you think this Arsenal team could use? And don't take the piss. You could use quite a lot. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Vieira is a good shout because obviously he would provide leadership and he's just, he was a brilliant midfielder. I mean, mm. it is, I know you said earlier, you know, you, you can't look past Henri. It's hard to kind of, hard to really look beyond him. But then I guess... Oh, I, I I can't say Sol Campbell because he doesn't exist as a person. So I'm going to have to say like, um, yeah, maybe a Tony Adams or something like that. Maybe some leadership from the back. Um, and yeah, may, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll whisper it quietly, but someone like Sol Campbell might sort out your defence. Bring him in as coach. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, I'm sure he, he'd yeah, be, be laughing. He'd love that. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think just from my point of view, goals from midfield or assists from midfield. So someone like a Fabregas or a Bergkamp, for instance. But I think all of these names that we've mentioned would not only do wonders for this team, but any one of them would instantly be the best player in our current <laughs> side, if you were to sort of yeah. put them in there. That's kind of the state of play uh, these days. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And sort of, I guess, going on from that, obviously, Abby, it's been a, it's been a strange season for Arsenal, which... Um, there's been some quite bad runs of form. There's been some, you know, good spells as well um, in more recent times. But I guess the point I'm making, in, in in your time as an Arsenal fan, have you ever experienced a season quite like this one? And I guess more than that, is Arteta the right manager to take Arsenal forward in the long run? Um, I think he is still the right man. I'd like to give him um, that time. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being optimistic and trying to draw parallels with Stephen Gerrard at Rangers, but Stephen needed or Gerrard needed three seasons to get his get his you know manifesto in place, get his players playing the way he wanted, and importantly, to get the players that he needed to be able to make that work. And we're um, and Arteta's had half a season, and now what's happened of this season so far and this has been in a pandemic so it's really difficult to judge anything right now yes you can say that you know United and City are doing well and well West Ham um and they're everyone's been in the same circumstances um but yeah I think I still I still want to give Arteta the the time and the belief um because I think he's 
clearly got some good ideas. He's clearly got a good background. He's a Pep um, uh, student. So, and you know, what's Pep Guardiola ever won? And so I would, I would hope that in the long run that he can get his message across and he can get the right, the right players um, in to do that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is, this season has been coming, you know, we're in 10th. It's the worst season we've had, certainly since I've been supporting them. Um, But it feels, I don't know. (laughs) I think it would be a more weird season almost if Arsenal were, challenging for the title in because it's been well 2004 was the last title we won um yeah and we're out of the FA Cup this season which is always like a good fallback option uh yeah no it feels it feels more normal at the moment to be supporting a team that is not challenging for the title than this team that was you know under the early years of Arsene Wenger winning titles winning trophies I think maybe I'm too far in the camp of having written off this Premier League, uh, definitely the Premier League side of the season already. But yeah, I don't know. I feel strangely, whether or not optimistic that things are going to, you know, instantly turn around, I'm still positive. I'd rather have Arteta than Emery and I'd rather have Arteta than Wenger towards the end of the, the Wenger era as well. So we'll see how it goes. But we started this Arsenal chat by touching on some players that Arteta doesn't have at his disposal that he would be lucky to to call upon. But we're going to focus on some players that he does have that previous Arsenal managers never would have because it's the youth crop of today, which yeah. is a fantastic hail-end kind of situation, throw in some players like Martinelli as well. Um, mm-hmm. What do you make of this current crop of youngsters compared to some other kind of celebrated groups that we've seen in the past? You know, players like Fabregas, like Bentner, like Alex Song. Less of them were kind of English players, I guess, on that end of things, it would be something like a, a Wilshire, but we're quite in a unique situation in recent times where we've got Smith Rowe, Saka, uh, Nelson and Willock, all these kind of young English players. And then I mentioned Martinelli as well. Where do you think these guys will end up standing in Arsenal fans' eyes? I think Saka is already up there. I think Smith Rowe is probably as well. Like those two have uh, two together have turned around this season. And um, I remember like... Uh, I think it was Art de, de, I think his surname is pronounced De Roche, um, right of the Athletic, just constantly week after week being like, look at Smith Rowe. He's doing so well in the Europa League. Stick him in the Premier League. He is that missing link that we need. And lo and behold, he was right. Um, and yeah, um, of course, the one name that you haven't mentioned there that has been um, on the Arsenal books for a while and uh, we, we took from from Chelsea that has been so much written about him so much expectation and yet has yet to and is yet to fulfill it is Eddie Nketiah mm. he's he's become the forgotten youngster uh, I think this season um, you'll see there was a big Leeds move last season that didn't work out he was brought back halfway through because Leeds weren't using him um, and there's just seems so much hype around him and it's just not quite clicking in but he's um he scored a few goals in the last 10 minutes of games to snatch us a couple of points here and there um but ugh, there's just so much there's so much hope around him and I think maybe just another loan move out where he is actually playing football um will be helpful um it's great to see Joe Willock you know getting in a bit got, got a couple of goals hasn't he or um it's goal and assist at Newcastle he went there in January um I think he's a he's he's a bright prospect as is Reese Nelson um I think it's, yeah, it's great to actually finally be able to have some English players to get excited about at Arsenal because so much was, <laughs> there were no English players for so long and it was like, what is this club doing in England? Yeah, is that, is that just, um, 
I don't know, nationalistic, patriotic thing that you're more inclined to support and want your um, homegrown talent to do better. Um, and the one player I haven't touched on yet is Martinelli, who I just love. Um, my friend and I um, went to uh, Arsenal versus Forest in the EFL Cup last season, and like we just had a great time. Like I think I'm sure my, I think it was Martinelli who scored a couple of scored goals. It was like five nil, and it was yeah, like all the youngsters out in the EFL Cup, and it was great times. Obviously, it didn't last, but you know, it was fun whilst it lasted. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been flying the the Smith Row flag for a, for mm. a long time now. Um, the Athletic, if you're if you're listening. I was doing a podcast uh, at the start of the season called Next Big Thing and trying to choose a different youngster in various clubs and Smithrow was the one that we we focused on um, at Arsenal and so yeah it's great to great to sort of have that accurate uh, prediction um, come true uh, and so yeah go and listen to that podcast that's the next big thing um, if you want to find out more about Emile Smithrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I mean I mean, I'm a Spurs fan, so I don't want to big up Arsenal youngsters too much. But Saka is obviously one of always one of the best youngsters in England, and then yeah, Smith Rowe looks very good as well. I'm not personally the rest of them. I mean, Martinelli, yeah, he's good too. But the, the rest just of needs them, to not be injured. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all we want. That small part, yeah. The others, not so sure about. But we do, um, we do have a final um, little section, a final couple of questions for Abby, and the, these are about women's football, actually. So, oh. Abby is someone who you know you've produced podcasts in recent seasons. I know the offside rule. Um, which is all about women's football. Um, so I was just interested to know, do you believe in the last few years, I guess, especially since the, the World Cup that took place in 2019, that women's football is gaining the popularity it needs to take it to the next level? And I guess as well, on a, on a wider point, what do you even make of the term women's football itself? Is, is this bad terminology or is it actually something that does, does the term women's football not bother you? Because I know that that's, that's a debate in itself too. <laughs> It doesn't bother me. Um, it is women's football, just and then maybe you know if you want to be really pedantic, call it men's football. It's the men's what you know. Um, at, but no, women's football. I mean, it is women's football. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna argue um, about against it, but um, or saying that it should just be all football. I, I like. But what I do like is um, that clubs like Arsenal have dropped. They're not Arsenal women anymore. They are just Arsenal, um, and I. I think that's a really really good statement uh, to have as for the popularity I mean pre-pandemic we saw um, massive uh, crowds um, more and more increasing going to women's games I was at the Spurs stadium um, which pains me to say is very nice um, for the uh, first North London derby in the WSL and Spurs taking on Arsenal it was uh, yeah, one nil to the Arsenal. One nil, two nil. I can't remember. We won. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and that was record attendance. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it is. It would have carried on and on had the pandemic not happened. And I think maybe the pandemic is a bit of a blessing in disguise in a in a way because I think people will just be itching to get back to football and um, not care too much about. Uh, which one it is it's just that being around um, a crowd of people all kind of enjoying that's the same spectacle is it's it we've we've missed it that's that's for sure and we've got the women's euros coming up uh next year uh yeah next year and that's here and that's inevitably going to to make it even bigger and better um we, we've just signed up to get um early um news about tickets um but was disappointed that Wembley isn't 
is only hosting the final, I thought maybe maybe we've missed a trick by not having um, more games at bigger stadiums. The opening match is at Old Trafford um, and then the finals at, at Wembley, but all the other games are not being held at grounds with a big potential capacity, which I do understand because it's not everyone's cup of tea, um, which is silly because it's the same game. Um, but... I think, yeah, I think we could have, we might have missed a trick there, um, but we wait and see what happens. Yeah, no, you're right. Perhaps there has been a trick missed there, but um, I think you're right actually about maybe you know once fans can get back into crowds, I mean, get into ground <laughs> even, um, it could, yeah, it, it could actually, like you said, be a potential blessing in disguise. I mean, I know I just want to go back and watch football. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't really care who's playing. Um, and um, yeah, I guess my, my follow-up question would be then, again, just sticking on women's football, is there anything about women's football, perhaps about the nature or the product of women's football, that you actually prefer to the men's game or anything that you think the men's game could learn from women's football? Maybe don't like roll about on the floor screaming so much, Lacazette. Like, <laughs> it's just a lot friendlier. It's not, um, you know, you kind of, you just... I love on the on social media there is a, such a fantastic community about the women's game in general and I, I really just everyone's kind of happy to talk about it on these kind of friendlier terms it's less tribal um like but perhaps because there's still a growing fan base there but I think it's just a much nicer environment and it's um I think I think that's yeah, I appreciate that for sure. I'm not a massive, like, you know, master tactician when it comes to football, but I certainly know, like, people like Michael Cox like really like watching the women's game because it is more technical and it's more, like, tactical in that sense. And I don't, and I think if, you know, that's certainly something that maybe should be advertised a bit a bit more and, you know, making people aware of, of that. Yes, it might be a wee bit slower, but it's still, you know, it's that same you've still got the same puzzle to solve, haven't you? How do I beat this, the opponent in front of me? And it's just the different ways um, around doing that. That's why we why we love the game is because we enjoy watching it. It doesn't matter if it's women or men who are, who are playing it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to some live fixtures sooner rather than mm. I'm over here in the States where they've just, I think it might be launching, can't tell, I can't remember if it's this year or coming next year, um, Angel City, which is like a new LA women's uh, soccer team I should it's say. all of the celebrities <laughs> yeah pretty much they have all these people endorsing it currently so I mean it should you know probably hit the ground running in that sense and there'll be a good uh, kind of capacity or whatnot a good crowd I'm just imagining in England like people so starved of having been to games that you'll just like see some ultras rocking up at a women's football match with some flares and just getting like as drunk as they possibly can to try and like cram in a, year, a year's worth of just being rowdy into, into yeah, as soon as they can get it but we've got one final question on women's football and on Arsenal it's a bit of a twofer in that sense and obviously Arsenal more so than the men's team have um the women's team have been really just like a Goliath super successful over the past couple decades more recently Chelsea and Man City have kind of come to the forefront and so it's a bit more of an even fight at the top but given their kind of consistent levels of success and achievement is there anything from the model that you've noticed that the Arsenal not women's just we've decided that already they don't use that term anymore but the, the, we'll just say for the sake of it the arsenal women's football team is there anything from that model that the men's side could take a look at and learn from um well the key is to win trophies uh yeah the 
I mean, they had all the best players. Like at the end of the day, at, at that time, it was just they had the they had the star the star players. Um, and good players having the best players gets you the trophies, gets you the wins. At the moment, though, uh, the Arsenal team do not have the best players, and they don't have a lot of players. And so the lack of depth in the Arsenal women's side at the moment is really being um, put on show. And um, and yeah, I think. I think Arsenal might even finish fourth this season because um, Man United have been phenomenal under Casey Stoney. She has really, um, yeah, what Man United have managed to do in two years, two, three years has is, is really helped the women's game and really, you know, blown it apart. It's not just a two-horse race. It's a four-horse race now to to the to the title. Um, Arsenal need, Arsenal men need the, need Kim Little and Jordan Nobbs uh, in their side. Um Maybe just as they are, maybe just stick them in. I think that'd be okay. Um, that is what the Arsenal men's team is missing. Those link-up players um, and the little crafty ones that can just ignite a move. And I think that is what the Arsenal men need to find is little knobs. Well, even uh, what's it, Maidema? She's not bad either. She's like a goal machine. I'd take her as well. I'm sorry. I'm really loving like the American and the Brit, not like, you know, the difference in the, in the, the humour there with my, with my little knobs trick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> everything is over my head. Everything. It doesn't matter. I'm from England anyway, so I have no excuse. Anyway. Well, I guess I'll just... You've been in America too long, clearly. Yeah. No, and then some. But... um. Uh, I'll press you, yeah, while you've made a prediction that you think potentially the women's side uh, might finish fourth. Um, what will, what do you make, just, yeah, in a, in a snapshot, uh, projecting Arsenal, the men's side's rest of the season, Europa League and Premier League? Um, it's going to be turgid. Um, and I'm very worried that we're not even going to finish in the top half of the table. I think 10th is probably the best we can aim for at the moment if West Ham and carry on on the way that they are, although Villa are stumbling up a bit at the moment. So that's probably our little seed of hope. But um, yeah, uh, just top half is kind of the best we can hope for now. And I even just saying that I'm not even confident. Um, I'd love to, I'd love it if we could like harness that FA Cup final run um, from last season and into, into the Europa League this season. I was watching the last um, round against whoever it was, and I've already forgotten because it was that bad. Um, and that was um, Benfica. Um, and it was just worrying. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't trust this Arsenal side. I'd like to be proven wrong there. Well, I hope you were proven right, Abby. But I'm on that. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> on, Joe. <laughs> on that note, and um, that does bring us to the end of today's show. So a big thanks to my co-host, Kaitel, and of course, her, a special thank you to our brilliant guest Abby as well. So we uh, we hope you enjoyed yourself, and also, um, how can our listeners follow you and keep up to date with everything you're doing, Abby? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Abby Patterson. That's A B I, and then Patterson with one T because I like to make it difficult to find me. Uh, and that is where I will be tweeting all of the podcasts I'm making. Um, and uh, yeah, so that is probably the easiest way to to go about if you want to listen to anything I've ever made. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, please do follow Abby and all, all the cool stuff she's working on at the moment. And also, whilst you're following Abby, follow us as well. So we're on um, we're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at United Mates FP. And then we're also on YouTube as well. So um, you just have to type United Mates Football Podcast into YouTube and then you'll find us there. And if you want, you can subscribe too. That is all for now. Thank you very much and goodbye.